And I ain't hit no drop in a minute. No, I'm about yeah. my business. Rappers Got Podcast, episode 56. This is your host, Diggy Metro. That was Pagliacci. And today we wanted to talk about merch. Merchandise. And uh, what merch to actually go after, what you can actually use as an artist, and uh, what people will actually buy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things out there that you see people trying to, to do. And it's like, not every form of merch works. No. And in fact, a lot of forms of merch don't work. You know, uh, I would say, in my experience selling merch as an artist, I made a lot of mistakes. I, I want to say that, like, majority of the stuff that we preach on this uh, podcast is just mistakes that we've made we've in our long on careers. That you know what I mean? So it's like, again, we're never talking down on the artist. We're kind of just telling you what not to do because we've already made the mistake for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a big mistake with merch is to make something that, like, for instance, if you put uh, your name, you plaster your name on a shirt, and then your face is on it. 99% of people, unless you're a famous artist, aren't going to wear that. Yeah. Like, they just won't. You know, there's nothing, unless you died. And you kind of had like a buzz a like, little bit. Yeah, yeah like that could legacy, be possible, yeah. You know what I mean? But like, there's definitely like a lot of pop smoke shirts that came out. And that's out. what I'm saying. Yeah. But like, for the most part, people don't want to rock your face on a shirt. They also don't want to rock your name on a shirt for the most part. So you have to figure out creative ways to do that. The best merch that I've seen are like when Travis Scott puts out like a collab with, uh, say, like Nike mm-hmm. or Jordans, right? And they're just like different colorways. You know that they're associated. They might have a logo on them, but they're not. You don't have to be a Travis Scott supporter to be like, these are hard shoes, right? Uh, St. John is another one who he did like the anti-social social club mm-hmm. merch. And it's like. You might not associate that with him, but it is his merch, and he's a musician. Because, like, even when you think about it, like, something like, uh, you know, Wiz back then when it was, like, the Taylor gang, and, you know, just, uh, right. in a sense, like, the Chucks and everything. That, in a sense, becomes merchandising, and at that point, he specifically has a stake in those companies. I, I even think, at this point, Anderson Pack technically has um, some merch that's coming out with Vans, and it's, like, basically his own brand of it. You know, J. Cole got his sneakers with uh, Puma. Me- Everybody got they basically there's something that was like, in a sense, merch. And, you know, as, you know, upcoming artists, we don't really technically have those connections at that point yet. But those are kind of some of the ideas that you can think about, like, you know, branching um, off or like collaborating with certain other companies that can kind of help you bring out that, uh, that, that merch more, more to life in a sense. When Drake drops merch, what does he drop it under? OVO. It's always OVO, and It's right? a fucking owl, yeah. It's not like Drake. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say Drake on the shirt. It says OVO. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier to rock what seems like a brand than it is to rock a person's name to where now you're putting them on this like pedestal like they're uh God. Yeah. You know, and that's how people like envision it. Like I might be a little intense, but like people do envision it like, yo, you you look up to this person so much that you're rocking their name on your shirt, mm-hmm. right? But if you made it into more of a brand, like an OVO, where that is the record label. But you're supporting, and you know what it is when you when you see that logo, right? Just like a death row, mm-hmm. you know that like when you're rocking a death row shirt, it is an umbrella for Dr. Dre, Tupac, Snoop Dogg. The Dog. whole legacy. Like you're you're representing something way bigger. I like buying uh, hip hop label shirts, so like I have No Limit shirts. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Hypnotized Minds. That's Three Six Mafia, and I think what's also cool about rocking merch that. Is like the umbrella is if you know, you know. Like 
you're only going, for instance, uh, at my job, I saw someone rocking an Alk hat, right? And an Alk hat is the alchemist. The alchemist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, it doesn't look like it's supportive of the alchemist. It just, it's his record label. But like, I know that that's the alchemist record label. So as an insider, when I see that hat, I'm like, that shit's hard. Because mm-hmm. I also support the artist that And now everybody's going to be in a know of it. When it becomes more, it's like an exclusivity thing and kind of like, you know how we always say, find your tribe. It kind of, in a sense, becomes that 100%. situation. Yep, 100%. It's finding your tribe. Like, I know, because a lot of the times if someone enjoys the same music as you or has the same taste, there are like similarities in your uh, personality traits. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, you're you're kind of finding your tribe by rocking those things. Where if I'm wearing a No Limit shirt, and I walk into someone that's also wearing a No Limit shirt. I know that they fuck with Master P. I know how deep they go as far as like their hip hop mind. Mm-hmm. There's there's just a difference, and you can kind of like spot out who this person is by what they're wearing. Now, when you're creating a shirt, uh, you want it to one look good. You want it to look nice. So like it can't your your last album cover isn't always the the move. No, because your album cover might not have been that dope. And that's like one of the things, you know, as far as me as an artist just trying to figure out how to do things with merch. Like you guys probably see all the time that I'm always wearing my 937 entertainment stuff, right? And, you know, I kind of do different things with the colorways. But, you know, they kind of brought it to my attention. Like, you know, um, just as much as you're trying to make 937 into like a bigger thing, it's like not too many people are going to be able to attach to it because it's not really a story behind it. Um, and you got to be able to find a narrative behind some of the merch that you are uh, providing out there because once that narrative is there, more people are going to be able to attach to it more so than something that's like, okay, what is 937? I have no idea what it is. Well, what and, is 937 in your in in your uh, words? 937 was like a place that you guys hung out, Yeah, it was out, a place right? that I hung out that I essentially just made into an, a record company in a sense where I just managed myself as an artist okay. under it. And here, here's the problem with 937 being a place that you hung out. It's personal mm-hmm. and it only applies to you and whoever you were hanging out with. So it's hard to get someone... because. Yeah, when we're making merch, we're expecting someone from across the world to wear that, right? Like, that would be the goal. Yep. You don't want to kind of confine it to just, like, your surrounding area because if you do that, then you're already cutting off a huge market. Because I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of people in Ohio right now that's probably confused on why I'm wearing 937 because I think that's their actual area code. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, something like that where they might think you're from Ohio because yeah, exactly. you keep on saying it. You know what I mean? But, like, that being a place that you hung out and only a selective few know that that's a thing, it's hard to, like, now sell that brand to other people. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you pick, if your label name is something um, creative and it's something that, like, a lot of people gravitate toward and you can come up with a good story behind it, there's a good book called uh, Creating a Story Brand. Mm -hmm. And um, a story brand is essentially just, like, a brand that does have, like, a, it has that, like, introductory story to it. So, like, uh, with Mellow Wave, you know, me, um, Vizo, who's a phenomenal director, uh, Isaiah, who is a phenomenal, um, he uh, does uh, outfitting and stuff like that. For people. Mm-hmm. Like, we all sat there and we were in my apartment in Hagistown and we're coming up with something that actually uh, supports our ideas. And that name stuck because a wave, like we spell it W-A-V. Mm-hmm. And a WAV file is a high-quality file. And that confused me all the time. I always put W-A-V-E, but right, it makes but, more but sense with the WAV. a WAV file is a high-quality audio file, right? And Mellow is just, you know, calm. 
Mm-hmm. So I saw it as like a calm, high quality lifestyle. And like that's that. how it yeah, makes sense it, to me. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the story behind it. We came up with a brand that supports our calm, high quality lifestyle. Now you have that to plaster on stuff. Like if I put Mellow Wave, calm, high quality lifestyle underneath it, there's more of a, okay, that's what that means. The story behind it. Instead of just, what is that even? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You're looking at something and you're trying to like decipher it and there's no way to just buy the shirt. And like within that, like it can, once again, it can cause something like people will ask you questions sometimes like, oh, what does it mean? Um, you definitely can go down that road. But more so like when it comes to me and uh, figuring out the 937 situation was like, I'm looking at it more so as a record label, just how you said, like people may wear death row um, shirts, which is something that where my mind was at initially kind of in the future. But something that artists can do at this point, like when you're releasing a song or you're releasing a single, you can start creating shirts um, to basically come out with the song at the same time and be able to sell it. So you know how we say uh, streaming doesn't pay too much, right? But if you have this song that you're probably releasing and you're telling people about it two weeks ahead of time and you're coming out with the shirt saying, yo, you know, this song's about to come out. You guys can purchase this shirt. And it kind of has the, the narrative of the song, in a sense, inside of that shirt. You're more than likely you can be able to get somebody to like that song, number one. And then also if they like the song enough, they're going to actually go buy the shirt. You know, and, and that's kind of where that whole, that's where you got to start figuring those things out and be creative with it. I also think a good thing to do in, in that sense is maybe uh, put up the shirt before the song drops, like you're saying, and say, if you want an early listen to the mm-hmm. record, cop the shirt. And with the shirt comes a digital download for the song, right? Like, that's a good way to get your fans to be, like, on the inside. Before other people. Yeah. And I guess they're more engaged and they feel like they're more included inside of the, of the tribe. Yeah, exactly. They're part of the family. So like that, there's a lot of cool ways to go about selling merch and there's a lot of cool bundles that you could do. I know that Bandcamp is great with that. Like Bandcamp, you're allowed to put merch on uh, on the site. Spotify, mm-hmm. I think, started doing that too. Yeah, through a, a Shopify. You can right. add it through there. But that's if you have a Shopify shop, which I don't have. So yeah. Right. But there's so many cool ways that you could actually like incorporate your merch now into your music that... You have to find creative ways to actually put out clothing. Now, if you're not a designer, if you don't know much about design and you're not a graphic guy or or girl out there, I would say find a dope graphic designer and collaborate with them on track on uh, on clothing because they own know? Fiverr. And like even like within my logo, I kind of got this from a graphic designer, and just it was like five years ago that I got him to make it and I just started using it at this point. So that's also something else you guys can think about. Like sometimes you may have an idea and it starts off as like a baby. You don't really know what to do with it. It just kind of just popped up out of nowhere. He's like, what am I going to do with this? And as time goes on, you start learning a little bit more and more. And the more you learn, the more you're able to apply certain things. And, um, you know, one of the mistakes that I've always made within my merch was that I was releasing songs, but then I kind of released the shirt probably like a year after the song came out because it just started like clicking in my mind. Which is why I, you know, encourage you guys to try to do it beforehand. Because, um, like, you know, my song Mr. Famous had reached 300,000 streams. And I said, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was come out with a Mr. Famous shirt. Um, so I basically just went into, uh, it was, I think it was Printful. Because that's what I use also as artists. Like, you want to find some way to quick do drop shipping and not really have to worry about getting your hands dirty. Not keeping inventory. Go to Printful.com. Sign up through there and kind of have everything all straight through there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the best situation, I would say. And just having that shirt now, you know, I was able to sell probably like two or three, but it was just like, it still felt good to me because it's like, it's a shirt based off an idea of who I am, the identity of the song as well. And it all just kind of collaborated more so than just look somebody looking at it as not 3-7 Entertainment because Mr. Famous, you can specifically pinpoint to me. Right. And 
and with Printful, I just want to go a little bit deeper on what Printful is. Um, so now there are these sites that you could actually make clothing on and you don't have to order any of the shirts to your crib. Mm-hmm. You could just make the clothing and people can order it from your website. And if they order it from your website, they make the shirt and they send it to them. So mm-hmm. you actually don't have to do any of the work because nothing is worse than ordering like 50 shirts. And then like a year passes and you're sitting on 35 of them and they're just in the crib. Now you want to just throw them away because it's like so many people made that mistake. Sunken cost. Yeah. You know? some I, people made that, mistake. that was the only way to do it back in the day. Yeah. I, I used to get shirts made and I would be sitting on and it was cool because, you know, like every once in a while, if I did a show or something, I could just go to the trunk pull out a bunch of shirts and give people shirts. But like, it's easier with Printful to just put that on your site and then someone can go and order your shirt and you get paid for it. And this is just another random tip for, for Printful, right? There's something I just kind of started to figure out for myself. If you are selling merch online, um, don't really give free shipping right off like rip because what happens is you're already paying basically for a shirt to be made, right? And then you, you know, you're upselling the shirt. You're probably putting it like for $30 saved for the shirt, right? And then on top of that, you're also going to pay for somebody's shipping because you want people to just purchase, purchase, purchase. If somebody wants to buy a $30 shirt, they're not going to mind paying the extra $3.99 for the shipping. Because at the same time, money doesn't really come easy as um, independent artists. So even though you may feel like you're trying to help somebody else out to purchase the shirt, once again, if they want to buy it, they're going to buy it. Now, you can do a promotion where, hey, if you buy $100 worth of merchandise off my site, at that point, I'll give you free shipping. Because at that point, there's more incentive um, for you to provide that to that person because they're spending more money. And once again, you always got to look at these things as a business. And that was one of the mistakes that I made. I was paying for people shipping. And I said to myself, I don't see like... Yeah, now I'm making like three bucks on the shirt when I could have made 10. I'm paying for the exactly. shipping. Right. I right. don't see like these other clothing sites offering free shipping unless you spend $75 or $100. So right. why would I, as a small independent artist, as myself, be paying for somebody else's shipping? Right. And you got to take these things into consideration. Yeah, and the only reason why you're doing that is because you want the person to have the shirt. So you're paying for them to have the shirt. And at that point, you're not really selling merch. Exactly. You're, you're giving merch. You're giving away shit. You know? Exactly. It has to make sense. Like, this all has to lead to dollars going into your pocket. And if it's not leading to that, then you're doing yourself a disservice. And also, if people aren't buying your merch, maybe you haven't reached the point yet where people where you should be making merch. Maybe you need to build your audience more. That's a fact. And I think that, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. They they get ahead of themselves and they're making merch. And I was one of them. You know what I mean? Like I had no fan base and I'm making merch constantly thinking that I'm going to make a come up. And realistically, I'm sitting on a bunch of shirts because I don't have a fan base. Who the hell is going to buy a shirt from someone they don't know, mm-hmm. especially with their name on it? And that's literally the same issue that I'm technically having. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I haven't sold anything. I've made a pretty decent penny, I guess, from uh, selling my merch. But for the most part, I just like enjoy wearing it myself because I know that I've made it. And that's another thing. Like, you know, eventually people can ask questions about it. Like, I was randomly walking through a mall one day with this bucket hat. Somebody's like, hey, I like your hat. I doubt they didn't know anything of what the hat was about, but they just kind of noticed it. Um, some people may notice it for the wrong reason. Like, oh, what those numbers mean or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, I enjoy wearing it because I created it. And the more I love my brand and the more I appreciate the brand and put more into it, I think that other people start to appreciate it more. Not saying they're actually going to buy it because that's not how it works. But for me personally, I just like, I enjoy wearing my own shit. But see, like this shirt that I'm currently wearing, mm-hmm. this is one of my boys at work. This is his band's merch. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know that. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. I it just really looks no like idea. a nice shirt. Regular shirt, yeah. Yeah, it just looks like a cool t-shirt, <laughs> like a dope graphic tee. Like, this is the, this should be the standard 
like these type of shirts where I could rock this out and no one goes, oh, he must be a fan of a rock band. It's just a dope shirt. Because just as much as we always say that, you know, artists come into this game and then they just branch off into other things. There's a lot of people who are like graphic uh, graphic designers, people who actually are more into the clothing side that jump into music and then they're able to bridge that shit even. Because if you have good music and you already know how to make merch and you're able to sell that shit, it becomes a whole different fucking monster at that point. Because at that point, it's more so like you're getting business from each side because you know how to actively show clothes and you know how to actively make clothes. And you're also still making music and people are going to be able to bridge those things together. But see, I want to give the opposite of that now. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but if you are not dope graphically, if you don't have a good sense of design, get down with someone who does because you guys can create a dope brand. Your name is still attached to it. You're still a part of that business structure, mm-hmm. but you want to create something that is visually pleasing, that people are going to want to wear. I don't think that my boy was the one that created this shirt. Yeah, like I he think, definitely went to Fiverr or something. I think he got some that. help to create this shirt, but they made a good shirt. Yeah. You know, I was walking past his merch table. I went to his show and I was walking past his merch table and I looked at the shirt and I'm like, that's hard. I'm going to buy that because it's a hard shirt. Not because I'm going to buy that because I'm supporting my friend. You I know I'm supporting him, but I want to wear something that I'll wear. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing worse than buying something to support someone that you only wear to sleep because it's a fucking horrible design. You know what I mean? Like, that's a fact. You feel me? Like, Yo, it, it does benefit you. And and you can see it like this. There's people who want to be an artist and don't want to learn how to mix music. So they go and they get their shit mixed, right? Same thing. You're an artist. You might not be a graphic designer, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's too many jobs right now that an artist has to do. You have to be your own marketer, manager, artist, writer, producer. There's too much shit going on to do everything yourself. So if you know someone who is dope at graphic design, reach out to them. Hey, how could we split the the revenue that comes in and work on clothing together? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to lie. I see so many artists who also are graphic designers. And it's like they kind of do them both at the same time. Everyone has to be a graphic designer. Yeah, I mean, like we're literally... all creating our own cover arts and mm-hmm. shit like that. But like, yo, you don't have to be. Yeah, that's what exact. I'm saying. That's a fact. You know what I mean? Like there is outsourcing. Fiverr is a thing. Like my logo was made on Fiverr too. That's what I'm saying. Like my my logo cost me only seventy five dollars to make. My logo cost me five. Oh shit! Well, I went to the wrong fucking. <laughs> my logo cost me five bucks. That's a fucking fire and, logo. And I plastered it on everything. Yeah, I that's how it be, it. bro. You know what I mean? But like five bucks got me my logo that that is for my brand. You know, and that exists on Fiverr. So you reach out to someone, you give them your ideas. It's I'll take it back to engineering, right? Yo, the amount of times I've heard from an artist, yo. It sounds exactly how I envisioned it. Mm-hmm. I envisioned it sounding how you mixed it, right? And it's a compliment to me, but it's also, yo, I'm the one with the expertise in this field, right? A graphic designer has expertise in design. Mm-hmm. So why are you going to go and try to learn a new craft that you don't know much about? And and potentially, it's like your first couple mixes. Like, your first mixes are going to sound horrible. Like fucking tin cans. Because you don't know what you're doing, Right. So why are you going to go and do graphic design and put out a terrible shirt that is just going to waste money? It's going to mm-hmm. it's going to cost you more than it makes you instead of just linking with someone who's done this for years and you could tell them exactly how you picture it and they could make it come to life. And that's that's the benefit of working with other people is that you're looking at people who are already experts in this 
and they could bring your idea to life exactly how you picture it. You could write them a whole paragraph. I want the line work to look like this. Mm-hmm. I want this to be this. And they'll go and they'll sit there and make it happen. So that's the benefit of outsourcing and working with other people. And always, always remember, like, it's perfectly fine to get help along the way. I know a lot of times it seems like you don't want to ask people for help or you don't want to seem like a bother. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people out here who want to get paid for their services. Um, and, and by saying that, I mean, don't always go to expecting people to do shit for you for free because you're the hardest out of out or you like you're fire. You got to respect people's craft. And you got to be able to pay money for those situations because at the end of the day, they're trying to eat, too. And that's one of the things, you know, with them being an independent artist, it may feel like, yo, I want to eat, I want to eat, but everybody's got to eat too. And for the most part, like we always say, the artist is usually one that, usually the one that needs so much more than everybody else needs. Also, like, I want people to stop doing this because this has been going around since we were first coming up in the game. Stop telling people that you're going to pay them an exposure. Yeah, we don't do that no more. Like, just if that's in your repertoire, you've been doing that. If you've been saying that to people, whether it be a producer, graphic designer, uh, videographer, whoever you have said that to, exposure costs nothing. It's not a form of payment. Like, I know that you think that that you're this big artist and you have this huge local buzz, but chances are, like, you probably have the same following as that videographer. If, if not less. So you can't pay them an exposure. Uh, if a graphic designer is going to do a logo for you, don't expect it for free because you're not paying them an exposure. Like people technically aren't going to know who made that design. Mm-hmm. So that's not good exposure. What you posted it once on Instagram and told people this is the person who designed it. Unless you saw that post, you don't care. And honestly, in my mind, it's the complete opposite. If you're an artist and you're trying to um, get your brand out there, you may be the one that may have to give other people shit for free. Like, yo, here, if you want to just wear this shirt right. and post it, whatever fucking case may be. You're technically paying for your own exposure at that point. If and you there's see nothing wrong with there's that. There's nothing wrong with that. So you can't expect people um, to just do shit for free for you. But you can definitely expect yourself to say, hey, if you want to wear this shirt or you want to post this or you want to uh, wear these things, then it's going to help me at the end of the day. And it's, it's free of charge for you because you know at the end of the day, that's marketing. And at the end of the day, that's gonna, that shit going right. to come right back full Bro, circle. I personally don't think it's a mistake to get a bunch of shirts made and just give Canada's them out. House. Yep. I, mean, I don't think that's a mistake. Like, yo, you're, you're talking about walking billboards. Like, yo, the whole the whole goal is to market. Now, I will tell you that you could probably get a further reach by uh, marketing on Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. not just merch. I'm just talking about your music in general. You'll probably have a further reach because that goes to everyone. With giving out shirts, you're only going to reach the local environment, right? But there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yo, you're going to lose money on a lot of stuff in music. Marketing is not the biggest uh, downfall. You know what I mean? If you're giving out shirts so that people could see your name and they could see your brand and it, it potentially drives people to going and purchasing a shirt from you, then you did your job. It's all just marketing. Marketing costs money, but it could end up making you so much more money at the end of the day if you know what you're fucking doing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you might go and spend money marketing your song on Instagram. If you spend money on shirts to market your brand and you give them away, there's no difference. I mean, you're not making back the money that you're spending on marketing majority of the time. It's just the future, the the future thought of this is going to come back to me just due to the exposure. And that's also something you guys can do. Um, When you are posting up your uh, merch, link it to your Instagram. You have, I'll have it on my Instagram. I have an Instagram shop. Like literally any photo that I take and I uh, post on anything. I literally have all of my items tagged because I just never know. It never happened yet. 
But I just never know. Somebody may come across it like, oh, I actually like that. All I got to do is take one click. Uh, actually, it's two clicks. One click on the item, then another click to go to my website, and then they just got to purchase it from there. Yep. Make sure you're using all these tools that are available to you on these platforms. You know, once again, Spotify has a Shopify thing. I, unfortunately, had did some other shit beforehand before I knew about it, so it was like I was kind of late to the party, and it's like I already paid money for it. But if there's these free options like on Instagram where you can tag all your products and, you know, one day maybe I get on an Explore page and it may catch fire. Like, yo, next thing you know, I got a fucking a lot of month, a lot of sales from merchandise and nothing really off of music. It's technically linked to the music, but it's more so because it's the clothing. And if you create a dope-ass shirt, who knows, bro? You might create a dope-ass shirt, start selling shirts, and you might go, yo, this is way more money than music would ever pay exactly. Me. Let me just continue making my brand. You know what I mean? The music will always be there. That's the thing. Like, yo, as an artist, your music is always going to be there. People will check it out when they want to check it out. You can force people by marketing your music and you can get them to check it out uh, more prematurely. Like, you can definitely uh, market to a point where now people are going to check out your music. But, like, also, there's so many different things that you can do while still making music that you don't have to worry about. Well, if I start a brand and I start putting out shirts, then, like, I'll have no time for the music. It's like, yo, in this game, you're going to need money for a lot of things. If you can figure out a way to create revenue streams to where now you can more comfortably work on your music, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. If you can create a a brand that becomes successful and now you have funding to go and get your project mixed, you did a good job. It doesn't have to be music first every single time, you know, and that's coming from a music business podcast. There's other ways to go about this to where you can get your... Because a lot of people don't want to have a job. There's a lot of people out there who are working on music right now and go, I'm an artist. I don't want to have a job. We always talk against that, right? But like, yo, if you create a business, if you start selling shirts and they they pop off and now everyone's buying your shirts, right? Now you have money in your pocket. Now you can go to the studio down the street and get your shit mixed properly. Now you can put out a professional song. The other day I went through my email and I was listening to songs that I made in 2010 to 2012, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, damn, son, my quality for that time was fucking on point. Oh, yeah, I was say with you. Yeah, that shit was pretty fucking fire. On um, point. I downloaded, I went to my email and I downloaded like songs from back, back in the day. And my quality was on point. It was always on point. And when your quality is on point, people look at you as a professional musician. They look at you as a professional business. Same thing with clothing. When your quality is on point, when you don't get the Hanes regular tee and you go for that soft jersey tee. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wearing right now. The quality is on it point. so much better. It, it, it looks more professional. So although the Hanes tee is cheaper, if you're using a, a website like Printful, you're not feeling that expense right off the bat. So go for the more high quality. Get some graphic design work done and put um, put that on a tee and make it more high quality. Like factor these things in so that people will spend the money on it. Because one thing people always say about shirts, like, I like how soft it is. It's not like a really hard, stiff shirt. You can right. breathable. You can move around in it. And like once again, when I looked at the shirts, I said that's what I really want to go with. I don't want to go with the regular fucking Hanes. I want this shit to be a little bit. It want, I want it to fit a little different, especially for graphic tees. Like yo, if you go to say you go to Target, right? Mm-hmm. And you you see that whole wall of graphic they tees. Always the got one that thing is feeling. that soft, soft mm-hmm. cotton, bro. And like, there's nothing like wearing that soft cotton, especially on like a hot ass day where you could just throw that on. It's light. It's comfortable. You're not. It's not starchy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, 
there's a benefit to making high quality products, whether it be your music or your merch. So your goal should always be, how do I get this to be the best quality? If that means I have to spend an extra $2 on the shirt, do it because it pays off in the long run. And, and you can, could charge more for exactly, something that you can is mark quality. That shit up. And something I also just uh, thought about, yo, shout out to Twan Don. I just remembered that when we were talking about the free exposure and shit, mm-hmm. he gave his uh, his merch to uh, Rick Ross. And then randomly, Rick Ross fucking posted. It was like a bunch of people's merch. But within that, you've seen his merch there, which means it's like Rick Ross could possibly just wear that shit one day r- random as hell. I also have a friend um, who started his own clothing line. He uh, provided like these sneakers and he had given it to that chiclet dude that's like a famous Instagram dude. And it's like, he just gave it the sneakers to him for free. And he was like, yo, I just had to. Like, it's the exposure. And it's like, when you look at people doing it in other avenues and see what they're able to do, you can literally do the same thing. Just because you're an artist, you don't have to box yourself into one way of thinking. It has to be music. Find a way to get that shit out there because it's going to make you more money in the, in the long run because the markup prices on it is just always beautiful. It takes $12 to make a shirt and you're selling it for $30 and you ain't paying for the shipping. That's money in your pocket. Right. That's how I look at it. I think that that's a great episode. That's a good way to cap it off. Um, Rapper's Guy Podcast, episode 56. We are signing out. This is Deacon Mashbro. Bales Pagliacci. Peace out, guys. Peace.